gifts can take all the fun out of the holidays. So this season, spend more time shopping and less time wrapping. Let us at GrowPeace handle all of your gift wrapping needs. GrowPeace is reliable, dependable, and has an eye for details. Big or small, valuable or inexpensive, GrowPeace wraps it right for little cost. It's easy. Between the dates of November 1st and December 23rd, email Robin at shipmentrc at gmail.com and she'll let you know the closest, secure location you can drop off your gifts. That's S-H-I-P-M-A-N-R-C at gmail.com. And don't forget to ask about our handmade holiday cards to add that special personal touch in every gift. With gift wrapping by Grow Peace, you can take back your time this holiday season and spend it with family, friends, or just do more shopping. Grow Peace, gift wrapping with love each holiday season. Happy holidays. time of year again filled with family gifts and lots of holiday cheer well this season give the gift of love donate a gently used or new coat to a family in need it's the vox wave second annual coat drive that's right there's still time to get off of santa's naughty list after november 1st come on down to vox wave at 4711 off place suitland maryland Drop off that old coat and help us at Vox Wave keep the less fortunate warm this winter. Donate at 4711 Off Place, Suitland, Maryland. It's the Vox Wave second annual coat drive. the Randell Fisher Show. I am your host, Randell Fisher. And I am your co-host, Patrice Fisher. Tonight, we have a very special show tonight. Tonight, we're going to be talking about mental health illness, basically depression and anxiety in the African-American community and how it affects us. And tonight, I have a special guest with me tonight. I have Miss Winnie Moore, who's going to be here talking about um, the, the effects of mental health. She is a licensed therapist, and she has some other things, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Yes. Uh, Good evening. Um, my name is Winnie Moore, and I am a licensed clinical professional counselor in the state of Maryland, which is an LCPC. In Washington, D.C., I am an LPC, which is a licensed professional counselor. Nationally, I'm an NCC. Those are all the letters behind my name. And NCC is I'm a national certified counselor. That's, that's awesome. So I'm going to do one thing because this is such a serious subject, and we don't want anybody to... Um, miss the subject yeah. and I uh, like we always say at the beginning of our show we are not life coaches we are people with life experiences yes. and we always like to say as well that we do believe in Jesus Christ and you know of course we would like for you to call in and want to give your life over to Christ if you never have 
But we still want you to call in, even if you're not a believer of Jesus Christ. We just yes. want you to call in if you feel like you need to discuss whatever it is that we're talking about tonight. Yes. So tonight what I want to do is just have my wife just do a brief prayer for us because we seriously want people to connect with us tonight. So, Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for another opportunity to come and be able to send help, to send love, to send hope to someone that is in need. Father, we pray that those that are suffering from anxiety, depression, that they would be encouraged, they would be informed, they would be up, uplifted, and we pray that you would continue to bless your people. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So first of all, we want to say happy Veterans Day to all yes. the veterans, and just so happened that we have a veteran sitting with us, Miss Winnie Moore. Miss Winnie, how long did you serve in the military? Um, I was in the Air Force Reserves for 11 years. 11 years, and what was, what was your job? I was with the Office of Special Investigations, um, law enforcement. Law enforcement. So how did you feel when you returned to society, as you will? <laughs> it, was a, uh, it was a great move, a great shift, because I, I have to say that I believe that I was led to be a counselor okay. because um, I was always searching, like, what is my ministry? What, what, okay. does, God, what does God have for me to do? Okay. And I believe that he led me to counseling as my ministry. So I am where I'm supposed to be. So I've heard from a lot of military people, my family um, that's in the military, and it's always difficult for them to make that transition from military life to civilian life. Do you, you know, how is that, does that cause depression for military individuals? Um, of course, because it, it adds stress. Because when you've had the military tell you what to do, tell you when to get up, where to be, how to be, where to move to, and then you have you stepping away from that, mm -hmm. and now you got to figure all that out on your own. Wow. So especially if you take a person that's been went into the military at the age okay. of seventeen, okay. stayed twenty years, they okay. thirty seven years old coming out of uh, okay. a life that that they grew up in. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's a difficult transition. The military has uh, transition assistance programs to help them with that transition, but sometimes they need just a little bit more. Okay. And that's where I would encourage any military member that's transitioning, get your counselor on the side. They help uh, you with that transition. Yeah, I thought that was important because I know um, by being Veterans Day on tomorrow, we're going to make sure that we talk about that. It's because somebody may be listening as a veteran and may be having a difficult time. Mm -hmm. So I wanna, what I want to start out with is what are some of the myths about depression in the African-American community? Um, well, the, the, the things that we say in the African-American community about mental illnesses, we don't even talk about it. Okay. What we'll say is Bob, um, Uncle Bob got a Mickey slipped in his drink okay. 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and that's what happened. Okay. okay, that's why Uncle Bob act like Uncle Bob act. Mm -hmm. And so we use, that's what we use, or if they are drinking, oh, that's Uncle Bob, he's always drunk. Well, what happened first? Okay. So we don't roll back and say, okay, wait a minute. Uncle Bob wasn't always like this. Yes. Okay. And what is this Mickey being slipped in his drink? Okay. What, what is that about? Well, what it is about is Uncle Bob may have hit that age where the onset of schizophrenia came into play. Okay. Okay. But because we had no other way to explain it and okay. know what schizophrenia is, a mental illness is, it was a Mickey slip in the drink. Okay. So, you know, we just have to get ourselves more educated okay. and, you know, 
tap into the resources that's available. So what is schizophrenia? So I know a lot of people want to know the differences between depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar. So if you can help us out a little bit. Okay, well all of those diagnoses are uh, encapsulated in the DSM-5 now. Okay. Um, the DSM is the Diagnostic Statistics Manual okay. for Mental Disorders. Okay. okay. And that's our, you know, for lack of a better term, that's our Bible. Okay. Um, and so all of those diagnoses that you um, mentioned are categorized in there and they all have different symptoms. Okay. And so when a person goes in to see a psychiatrist or a therapist, okay. they say, I'm feeling this. I'm not sleeping. Um, I was up all night for three days. You know, so what we do is we listen to what they're saying okay. and then we help them to understand what's going on. Schizophrenia is a psych. It's a psychosis. When a person is schizophrenic, they're either going to be seeing things that other people don't see okay. or hearing things that other people don't hear. Okay. And as well as some other things. Being paranoid, somebody's watching me, somebody's after me. Depression can start off as, well, back in the day they called it the blues. Okay. okay. You know, I'm just feeling Taking a little back blue. A little. Yes. Taking us back a little bit. <laughs> I'm yeah. feeling a little blue. So, but when you're feeling a little blue for two weeks, Okay. Mm. Then mm, that may be depression when you're okay. not wanting to leave the house, not wanting to get out of the bed, not okay. wanting to be around people, and socially withdrawing. Okay. Then you might be leaning toward depression. Okay. Um, anxiety and anxiety is a physiological response. Okay. So anybody that's anxious, they're gonna feel something. Okay. The heart's gonna raise, wow. brain gets scattered. They can't think clearly. They may start uh, having a cold sweat. Okay. So. Anxiety, being that it's a physiological response, people have panic attacks because they don't know what's happening. Okay. So just trying to give you like a summary of the, each okay. one of them. So when people come in to see a therapist, or even now, medical doctors are asking the questions. Okay. So your primary care physician is asking these questions about okay. depression and anxiety now. Okay. So And they're given medication. Okay. Now, they don't know everything because they're a medical doctor, not a psychiatrist, okay. Okay. but at least they're getting started yes. and giving people uh, antidepressants and things of that nature. But uh, it's important that the question gets asked. How okay. are you sleeping? How's your appetite? Okay. Um, have you lost a lot of weight in the last 30 days? Have you gained a lot of weight? Okay. Um, do you go, are you going to work every day? Mm -hmm. If you tardy for work seven days, a, you know, five days a week, something might be going on. That's good. You know, so okay. things of that nature, we need to start looking and asking the questions so that people can be guided to the help that they need. Okay. Well, we, we, you know, it's, it sounds good what you're saying, and I kind of got an idea of some of the things that you're talking about by working in the field myself. Mm -hmm. But um, I just want people, if you want to call in tonight, the number is 240-719-2560. We are here to answer all your questions yes. on tonight. And I think I don't want to uh, talk too much. I think my wife has a few questions she may want to ask. I was thinking of uh, one of the questions is when it comes to dealing with depression, um, does that also or can that lead to violence? Okay, um, not there is no direct correlation between depression and violence. Okay, okay. okay. so let's let's kind of break it down a little bit. Okay. okay, when a person is depressed, some of the symptoms everybody's not going to have the same symptoms, but okay. some of the symptoms are easily irritated. Okay. Okay. They're not sleeping. So think about it. They, they may be sleeping too much. Mm. Um, so when you got this person that's depressed and then you come and then another person come into their world and they 
making these demands where well, you, you need to get up and go to work. You need to do this and you need to do that. But internally, they can't, they don't have the energy, the lack of energy, okay. they're, they're, they're fatigued. So what is our most, is our go-to emotion? What's our go-to emotion? Okay. Anger. Okay. So if your go-to if your go -to emotion is anger, okay. then that's what's going to manifest itself because you can't see the pain inside. Yes. But if I show you anger, you can see that. That's okay. good. And so what I want you to do is leave me alone. So mm -hmm. if I show you anger, guess what you're going to do? You're going to leave me alone. Excellent. So okay. the violence isn't there, but you will, you may see the anger. Okay. But now the anger can lead to violence. It can. Okay. It can. And, okay. and, and that's what we have to learn to communicate more effectively with our okay. loved ones, yes. with our family members. And that's a whole other subject, but effective communication can kind of diffuse that. Okay. If you understand the person's triggers, and that's another thing mm -hmm. we talk about. Well, in our field, we talk about triggers. Okay. We don't explain and tell our loved ones what the triggers are. Yes. You know, I may know, you know, if you look at me and huff and puff and walk away, that's a trigger for me. But if I don't tell you that's a trigger, you huff and puff and walk away. Then I'm angry and you wonder what's going on. Okay. So it's an unexpected trigger. It, Exactly. Okay. And, and triggers can come at any time. It could okay. be, and we always have to pay attention to our senses when it comes to triggers. Okay. Because our, our sight, hearing, taste, sound, okay. our ear, our everything, anything in any of our senses can be a trigger to something emotionally inside of us. Okay. Uh, you know, it's funny that you say that. I grew up watching, um, you know, watching people, like one, one of the things I grew up with, one of my uh, foster parents, Every week, every week that he got paid, he got angry that Friday. He would get angry that Friday, and he would come in, and he would fight with everybody. And I, I, I couldn't understand what that was about. And I found out that he was just angry about, um, you know, his check. He had to use all his check for bills, and he really wasn't making a lot of money. So he was, he was angry about that, and he would drink, and he would just fight. And I was, couldn't understand, but it was always on that Friday when he got paid. Wow. You know, so I couldn't understand what was going on with him. So eventually one day I asked him, I said, why do you angry every Friday. What, what's going on? And I was young enough to ask him to get away with it. And he told me, he said, you know, I'm just, you know, I feel like I'm working for nothing. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different things that go on in our community that we don't talk about mm -hmm. that causes us to be depressed. I know for me, myself, um, rejection is one of those things mm -hmm. that can cause mm -hmm. me to be depressed. And I, you know, I fight with that from time to time because I, I feel like Rejection is just one of those things that just affect you in a way that you can't really explain. Mm -hmm. And when you try to explain it, people always put a stigma towards you. Are you soft? Are you sensitive? Or you, you know, you, you know, a whole lot of things they say about you. Mm -hmm. um, talk to us about rejection, the effects of rejection. Mm -hmm. um, when, when you think about things such as that, I, I always use a diagram, which I, I didn't think to bring with me, is I always say that anger is a, a secondary emotion. Feelings of rejection, frustration, disrespect, okay. annoyance, all of those are those underlying. So think of a volcano. Okay. What's the hottest part of a volcano? It's at the bottom. Okay. Yes. Then it builds up okay. and it blows. Okay. okay. So if we don't take care of these emotions, rejection, and yeah. talk to people about, I feel rejected when mm -hmm. you do A, B, C, or D, okay. they, they don't know that that's your feeling. Mm -hmm. Because what you're going to probably show them, most African-American men are going to show anger okay. when they feel disrespected or rejected. Okay. okay. So what we need for 
people to do is learn how to talk about those I call them minor emotions because okay. anger is the major one. Okay. And learn how to talk about these minor emotions with our the person that we're feeling rejected by okay. in a way that they can understand. But we have to take the defensiveness out of it because okay. what we tend to do yeah. is we'll start with, well, you did such and such. Okay. Though you're not paint, pointing a finger, that's exactly what you did okay. where, by starting with you. But if we say, I feel rejected, mm -hmm. doesn't that kind of take the sting off of it? That's so we good. have to pay attention to how we communicate with each other so that we can show more love okay. versus showing all this anger. Okay. So if I say I felt rejected about something and you say to me, well, that's your problem. Mm -mm. No. You see, and a lot of people do that, but, you know, they say, well, I, you know, it's not my fault you feel rejected. I'm just being real with you. I'm just telling you how I feel, you know, mm -hmm. and you say, well, your feelings make me feel rejected. And they tell you that's not your problem. How do you deal with that? Well, first of all, we have to recognize that our emotions, our feelings are ours. We okay. own them. That's so they're our choice. So okay. it is your you feeling rejected because okay. that's what you chose to feel based okay. on what came at you at that time okay. because you could very well decide that you're not going to feel rejected. Okay. Our emotions are a choice. However, they're that's again good. talking about triggers and things that cause stuff to swell up in us. Okay. When you, you, you tell someone that you feel rejected, you will, I would hope that they would listen and they would hear okay. and want to know what did I do or what did I say to cause you to feel that way. So when you, when, you, when you deal with people who say, um, well, you know, this is my personality, I just keep it real, you know, I just, you know, this is how I talk. You know, you gotta get used to how I talk. But in their talking, they're actually talking angry towards you mm -hmm. or they're being dismissive towards the things that you're telling them, but they're saying that's their personality. Right. How do, how do, Cause I hear that a lot. People mm -hmm. say, well, this is who I am, this is how I talk. You know, I'm not changing for you, you know, so forth and so forth. How do you deal with that kind of thing when it comes at you? Well, for me, I tell, I will say, okay. you don't have to be that way. Okay. That might be the way you are, but as long as you're breathing, you have an opportunity to change. Okay. So how, how effective has being this way been for you? Okay. How effective have you, have you gotten jobs being this way? Okay. Have you gotten um, in great relationships being this way? Okay. You know, and, and, but this is again, again back to communication we don't have to engage these conversations okay. that's what we do that's what we get wrapped around the axle because okay. when someone comes at us that way we come back okay. we don't have to we can okay. choose to let that person be they have a right to be who they are and let that be them so basically what you're saying is control what you can control Exactly. And because that's what I hear. This is what we practice at work now when we try to talk to certain patients. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we, sometimes we want to help them so much, but they really don't want the help. They're kind mm -hmm. of resistant at that moment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've trained that, you know, just control what you can control. Right. Give them what you have to offer and let them decide what it is they want to do um, in, exactly. in, in, in their recovery. Um, I, I always good. wanted to know about anxiety. Um, because I think there's is a confusion about anxiety and, and depression. I know right. you went over them. But mm -hmm. explain anxiety, how anxiety can come up on a person. What okay. can cause anxiety to come up on the individual? Um, well, see, the thing about any mental illness, we have to look at it from a holistic perspective. Okay. Um, because a lot of individuals, and, and I'll have to say in the 
African-American community have experienced some form of trauma. Yes. Okay. So when you, you do, think about a child, and, and uh, Randell, you mentioned being in foster care. Mm -hmm. Think about a child being ripped from their family and placed in a stranger's home. The trauma of that, depending mm -hmm. upon the age, it really doesn't matter about mm -hmm. the age, they're pulled away from their family. So when okay. you got an adverse childhood experience lying deep in this 50, 60-year-old man or woman, and then life gets built on, piled on top of that, mm -hmm. then there's, they can have symptoms of depression or anxiety. I always say depression and anxiety are kissing cousins. Okay. Because where one is, the other one ain't that far behind. Okay. And so the difference is, again, anxiety, there's a physiological response. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if a person is sleeping a lot, not eating, that have a lack of energy, they're, they're going to feel low, but their heart isn't going to be racing. Okay. okay? Wow. So, but for anxiety, you're going to have a, it's, a, it's the autonomic nervous system. I don't want to get technical, okay. but you're going to have a physiological response uh -huh. in your body. Okay. Okay. And so that, and then some, it could be to the extent where it's a panic attack. Okay. And that's what people say, I felt like I was going to die. Because okay. it's extreme dread. Okay. And so that's the difference okay. in the two. So, I, you know, I, it's, I know we have so much to talk, go over <laughs> no. tonight and we're moving a little bit. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. And when we come back, yes. we're going to continue our conversation. But before we take a break, remember the number is 240-719-2560. Please call in. We'd love to answer some of your questions on tonight.
time of year again, filled with family, gifts, and lots of holiday cheer. Well, this season, give the gift of love. Donate a gently used or new coat to a family in need. It's the Vox Wave second annual coat drive. That's right. There's still time to get off of Santa's naughty list after November 1st. Come on down to Vox Wave at 4711 Off Place, Suitland, Maryland. Drop off that old coat and help us at Vox Wave keep the less fortunate warm this winter. Donate at 4711 Off Place, Suitland, Maryland. It's the Vox Wave second annual coat drive. <laughs> gifts can take all the fun out of the holidays. So this season, spend more time shopping and less time wrapping. Let us at Grow Peace handle all of your gift wrapping needs. Grow Peace is reliable, dependable, and has an eye for details. Big or small, valuable or inexpensive, Grow Peace wraps it right for little cost. It's easy. Between the dates of November 1st and December 23rd, email Robin at shipmentrc at gmail.com and she'll let you know the closest, secure location you can drop off your gifts. That's S-H-I-P-M-A-N-R-C at gmail.com. And don't forget to ask about our handmade holiday cards to add that special personal touch in every gift. With gift wrapping by Grow Peace, you can take back your time this holiday season and spend it with family, friends, or just do more shopping. Grow Peace, gift wrapping with love each holiday season. Happy Holidays! Fisher show and we are here again with Winnie Moore discussing depression and I do have a question Winnie about anxiety mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about uh, bad eating habits that stem from depression yes. overeating okay um, one of the symptoms that we look at for depression is if the person's eating habits have changed like within it last two weeks if they're eating less because usually when he, when we feel depressed or anxious we're gonna swing from one pendulum to the other either it's gonna be an under eat not eating at all lose their appetite or an overeat because then they're eating to their emotions and so we we have those pendulums that swing when a person is experiencing those um, disorders Okay. okay. But I want to say one thing, too, mm -hmm. to make sure that we're clear, okay. that mental illness does not discriminate. It, there's, it's not race. It, it doesn't care what race you are, what ethnicity you are. It, one in four Americans will experience a mental illness. Wow. That's one in four. So if there's wow. four people in this room, one wow. of us are going to experience a mental illness. So those are the numbers. And if you think about it, that's a lot of people. And that's why we need to be more educated and get the help that we need. That is fantastic. I was going to, again, those that are watching, you are tuned in. We have this opportunity, this platform is for you to yes. call, to have questions that you've been thinking about, you haven't had the opportunity to ask. Now is the time. Caller, call in. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Do not be embarrassed. Now is the time to be able to call in. And this is the number where you can call and have questions or comments. The number is 
888-382-2560. Call in. We are here. We are here for you. The information is here. The directions are here. The help is here. For all my Christian believers out there, we know that God can God can fix anything. God can do anything. But I know so many believers that have suffered from depression and still serve in the church. Some some preachers, mm -hmm. some deacons, some people who sing on the choirs, some people who just at church all the time, who serve all the time, still suffer from some type of depression. So, you know, we want to move past the fact, you know, we know God is all in all. God can change yes. things in a blink of an eye, but we still want to be educated yes. and still have a spiritual component as well. I can give you several scriptures that, you know, we can use. I, I like I like first Peter five, six and seven, humble, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Yes. And that's when I that I go by. But you still have to know what your anxieties are. You have to know that's what it good. is that's bothering you. So when you go to God, you can let him know, well, God, this is what's bothering me. God, I feel this way about myself. I don't feel uh, adequate enough. I feel like I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be good enough. I, I feel like I'm just never going to get another job. I feel like uh, uh, my marriage is not going to work. I feel like I'm never going to be married. I feel like I'm never going to have children. You got a whole lot of things that you deal with, but you have to know what they are and take them to God. Yes. Now, once you take them to God, God will direct you who you should talk to yeah. but you want to always use both of these things together it's very important that we have a spiritual component to our lives and a lot of people that I talk to they tell me that they don't feel loved yeah that's the first thing they say I don't feel loved. nobody cares about me mm -hmm. so for us to just blanket tell them well you know just talk to God cast your cares on God that's good and it works but people still have to do the work for it to work. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we don't want you to think that we, you know, we just giving you a sad, gloom and doom picture of anxiety and depression because God is a healer. God is a deliverer and he will set you free. But there's some work that you have to do. Our pastor reminded us today in her sermon, there's work that we have to do. Yes. We have to do the work. So we can't expect God to do his part and we not do our part. So if you're struggling with something, this is a time to talk about it. Let people know how you yes, feel. Yes. Let people know how you feel about what's going on in your life. And I think this is the time to do it. Please call 240-719-2560 so we can talk about it on tonight. So, Ms. Moore, let me ask you something. Um, women, right? I'm, I'm speaking for the men tonight. Okay. How do we deal from a man's perspective, with a woman who may be suffering from depression. That's good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, let me talk about the difference in men and women. All right. Okay. okay. Men are black and white. Okay. And if more women would hear me when I say that, I would. Mm. Uh, things would get better in terms of communication. Okay. Men's brains are black and white. So when you have a black and white brain, your whole thought process is, okay, give me something I can fix. Mm. Give me something I can mm -hmm. fix. So if your wife is feeling depressed, she doesn't want to get out of the bed, and, and she can't tell you how she's feeling, you don't know what you can fix. So where's, who's going to be anxious then? Okay. The husband. Wow. Okay. So you're going to have an anxious man, husband and a depressed wife. Wow. Because the, the wife can't tell the man what she's feeling so he can fix it. Mm. So I, I like that answer, but I, I've, had some, I've heard some conversations where women have said, I don't want, to be, I don't want you to fix it. I just want to talk. I just want to be heard. Yes. So how do we, you know, what do we do? That kind of backs us up a little bit. And, and, and you do just what they ask. Okay. They just want you to listen. Okay. And that's listen without formulating in your mind how you're going to fix it. 
Because again, yeah. you're a fixer. Right. So she's talking, wow. and in your head, you're like, okay, give me something to fix. Give me something to fix. And she's not giving you nothing to fix, but you're too busy trying to figure it out that you don't hear what she's saying. So is this why men think, and ma married men, of course, we're talking about tonight, is this why men think when their wives are going through something, the best thing to do is have sex with them, and it makes it all go away? Right, because it does for them. For the okay. man. It does for the man. Okay. Okay, because okay. a man will have sex and, oh, all's right with the world. But okay. the woman is sitting there saying, well, I'm still hurting. Okay. I'm still mm. torn inside. Okay. That did nothing for me. That was for you. Mm. So it's important That's that we good. communicate okay. what each other's needs are and let this be a win-win situation. Because right now, a lot of marriages are falling and, uh, falling and torn apart because it's a win-lose situation. Mm. Okay. So it's, 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 when you say win-lose, what do you mean exactly? Because somebody's needs are getting met and the other one's isn't. Okay. So when, no, when one is and one isn't, then that's a win-lose situation. So effective communication, effective. when that comes into play, then both people's needs can get met because they are learning how to talk to each other. They're learning how to dialogue and negotiate. I'm, I'm, I don't believe in compromise because to me, compromise, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. How many of you all have had a conversation as a couple or boyfriend or girlfriend and you say, okay, whatever? Hmm. That's compromise. So is, that, what, what, is compromise bad, though? Is it a bad thing? In, in certain situations. But okay. when it comes to a relationship, you need to negotiate to a resolution. Mm, so what if my good. resolution to me is just compromise? I'm just not gonna talk about it. You wanna go? You wanna go to Ruby Tuesdays? My wife loves Ruby Tuesdays. I'm not a Ruby Tuesday fan. I'm, I like <laughs> other places. But when she decides she wanna go to Ruby Tuesday, it's just I'm like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sit down. and I'm gonna eat it. But I'm just going because she likes Ruby Tuesday. I really don't care for Ruby Tuesday. Okay. But I'll go with her. Mm -hmm. So now that's a good compromise. Uh, you say it is. But it feels but, like it is. Okay. No, it sounds like it is. Okay. But so, internally. You're going to be sitting there. We had Ruby Tuesday again. I don't even like Ruby Tuesday. Ain't nothing on this menu I want to see. But that's what you're going to be talking to yourself about. Okay. But you outwardly, you're going to put on that mask. So you like pretend. Mm, that's so good. Okay. So, and that's the reason I say I don't like compromise. Okay. When you negotiate, then you, she, you help her understand why Ruby Tuesdays is not a good choice because it's not a place where both of you all can enjoy. Mm. But is it always going to be a place where both people will enjoy? Isn't it a sacrifice? You have to sacrifice? That's different. Sacrifice okay. and compromise is two different things. So help but me understand that. Sacrifice, when you sacrifice and because of the, that you love that person and you care about that person, okay. then internally you shouldn't feel nothing about it. You shouldn't walk away from That's that so feeling like you didn't get what you wanted. Or like you're doing them a favor. Exactly. That's okay. Good. okay. 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 So sacrifice and compromise two different things. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Anybody have a debate about that? Please give us a call at 240-719-2560. I really like this conversation because it talks about too, Winnie, how you perceive things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that when you communicate effectively, you have to know that that other person that you're talking with understands exactly what you are saying. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's about you have to break things down. You know, we have so many people saying, I don't like I don't like answering questions. Mm. You know, you're asking too many questions. Oh, that's so and, that, good. and that's and that was me. That's that was me as well. But you know what? You have to ask questions. To, to fully understand what that other person is saying. Because when we suppress, 
our emotions. Yes. When we talked about earlier, we talked about de depression leading to violence. Yes. When you suppress your emotions, think about suppressing your emotions for 20 years. My goodness. And not talking about some pain that's been sitting for 20 years. And then something triggers that pain to just come out. Then okay. it can come out in some very negative, painful ways. So it's important that we learn to kind of dig deep. Mm -hmm. And in the confines of a therapy session, because of the confidentiality and the HIPAA laws and, and all of those things, right. that's a place that you can talk and let it all out. And it stays in that room when you walk out. Okay. In your practice, um, in your practice, because you do have a practice, can you tell us about your practice? Yes. Um, I'm a part of a group practice. It's Alpha and Omega Health and Wellness Center. Okay. okay? And then again, again. At the beginning and the end, exactly. <laughs> that right. was the whole point behind it okay. is because we want to look at people from head to toe. Okay. We want we want to work on we want to talk to them about nutrition. We want to talk to them about their health. We want to talk to them about their mental. Because think about it this way: if you cut your head off from your body, can it live without it? No, okay. ma'am. But yet we don't talk. We don't take care of this. Okay. We'll take care of this. We'll okay. take the metformins and the lisinopril. Wow. But we won't, we won't take a Prozac or a Zoloft to take care of our brain. Wow. Okay. So, you know, in, at Alpha and Omega, again, the beginning and the end, looking at everyone from a holistic perspective that okay. we make sure we take care of every aspect of their life and give them the tools that they need mm -hmm. to survive. Okay. So where is your practice located? Can you tell um, me Alpha and Omega is situated. We have an office in Camp Springs, Waldorf, and Upper Marlboro. Um, our main office is in Waldorf, uh, Maryland, off of Crane Highway, 2670 Crane Highway, Suite 408. Um, our telephone number, if anybody out there needs it and would like to call us, is 240-232-5554. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I had an opportunity to work with Winnie um, in, in um PHP program at a, a place that we were working. And we uh, kind of hit it off in the fact that we always just wanted to help people. And we always kind of went back and forth on what was the best way to help somebody. And we found out that the best way to talk to help somebody is how you talk to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We found that everybody that came into the program is how we talk to them. And we found out later, and then when they let us know, they said, well, you know, I appreciate the way you talk to me. You didn't make me feel like I was sick. You didn't make me feel like I was depressed. You didn't make me feel like I was strange or different. And I find out in, in our community, um, I'm sure other communities experience it as well, but I'm part of this community. I find out that when people talk to you and they know that you have some type of mental illness, they kind of talk down to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They kind of talk to you in a way that you know that they're talking to you in that way because of that. How do you? How do, how do we combat that? And that's that's the stigma of okay. mental illness. That's mm -hmm. what we're that's what we're fighting against. There's a big movement with uh, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, okay. Taraji. P. Uh, Taraji Henson. Yes. Okay. She has a, a movement going to, to break down the stigma, especially in the African American okay. community, about mental illness. And okay. because what we're what we're told is, if you cry, you weak. That's, well, that's what mo most men are told. Okay. If you cry, you weak. You can't never can't never let them see you sweat. You gotta hide this, and you can't say this. And so, with all of that pressure society puts on us, mm. it's like well. I, I don't want to be seen as the C word. I don't like the C word, but I will say it here: crazy. Okay. That's what we. That's what we say. Oh, oh they just crazy. Right. You know. No, they're not. They're having some problems. They have some issues. Let's let's help them 
understand what's going on. Okay. Go ahead. You know, I was thinking too in this conversation that sometimes people feel embarrassed or they're mm -hmm. ashamed to talk about the experiences that they have mm -hmm. uh, the things that come to their mind. Mm -hmm. uh, I think because like you all said, sometimes it's the environment and how we have grown up, what we were told, mm -hmm. what our parents told us. Mm -hmm. Don't cry, just take it. Mm -hmm. You know, the men dealt with that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, just take it, deal with it. But they're, you're not dealing with it no. by just taking it and holding mm -hmm. it in. It becomes mm -hmm. layers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, that's, and, that's, and that's where the oppression and the suppression comes into play. You okay. feel oppressed, you're going to suppress your emotions about that. Because to be politically correct, and we can't be the angry black woman or the angry black mm. man. So we have all this pressure that if we don't have a place, a, so a comfortable place, confidential place, to be able to talk about these feelings, mm -hmm. they're only going to sit with us. And they will make you sick. They talk about stress kills. It does. Because okay. you have, with anxiety, because of the way the hormones are released when a person okay. is angry, uh, ang anxious with fight or flight, okay. the adrenaline dumps into their body, they can, they can build up, what is it called, um, acid reflux okay. issues. Wow. They wow. have digestive systems, wow. okay. digestive issues because that's what it attacks. Wow. So then you, you got acid reflux taking, what is it, Prilosec and all of that, right. and you're like, I don't know where this is coming from. And, okay. and that is something that doesn't get turned around. Yeah. Once you ruin that esophagus yeah. and that stomach, it's ruined. Wow. When you could have learned the strategies, coping mm. strategies mm. to help you with your anxiety, and less of that was, would be happening. You know, when wow. I'm sitting and listening to you, and I'm thinking about when we were young and we would get a whipping, and they would tell you not to cry. So basically, they said, I'm going to hurt you, but I don't want you to cry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we had to live with that and try to see how tough we were and not cry. So we grew up thinking, I better not cry. So if somebody hurt you, you wouldn't even cry about it, you wouldn't even talk about it because you've already been trained in your mind not to cry. And then you would hear them say, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. How is that possible? And, and it is not. <laughs> but there again, when I right. spoke earlier about adverse childhood experiences, uh -huh. that's the trauma that children go through okay. that we didn't call it trauma then okay. because... Um, <laughs> I was telling my daughter a couple weeks ago, I said, I got, I got the name of my, my next book, The Greatest Lie Ever Told. Mm. Sticks and stones will break my bones and words will never hurt me. Right. Because what do you remember? You remember them words. words. Yeah. Even yes. though you got that whooping, what you mainly remember is the words. saying, don't you cry. Right. Yes. That's what sits with you. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when we don't help adults now that we're children okay. <laughs> and that have experienced that as well as the children that are experiencing it today because mm -hmm. those things haven't gone away. That's, that's, that's a good point. Let's mm. talk about the children. Have you experienced the children in your practice? Do you? Yes, do I do. I see the youngest child that I, I see in my, um, I have is on my caseload is six. Wow. Um, we, we'll see them as young as three. Okay. Wow. Mm. Are they actually being seen at three? Yes. Mm. Wow. Yes. Um, my philosophy is that I'm not going to see wow. a child that a parent isn't active in that treatment as well okay. because that child is only coming to see me once a week. They're living with that parent 24-7. Yeah. Okay. So if the parent isn't involved in, in therapy with that child, then I'm not seeing the child. Um, but, yes, we see children, and children are experiencing a lot. They're seeing a lot of violence. 
They're seeing mm -hmm. a lot of, in these TVs, you can okay. be traumatized vicariously okay. by watching this, this stuff on TV. So, you know, we have to learn that though it may seem all right, mm -hmm. it may not be mm. for a child. You know, we're hearing tonight, we're hearing some things. If you, if you heard Miss um, Moore say that children as early as three years old are being affected by uh, mental illness. And you may be watching tonight and you may yes. say, oh, I've heard all this before. I, you know, I don't really have nothing to say about it. But the truth of the matter is, what if somebody in your family is suffering from mental illness? What if your child is suffering from mental illness and, and it really needs some help? So, you know, this is really important tonight. So we would like for you to call in at 240-719-2560 so we can have an open conversation about yes. mental illness on tonight. And you don't have to say your name. If, if you know, if you want to keep it uh, yes. um, uh, private, you don't have to say your name, but we will still like to help you. Yes. So we're going to take a break right now. We, we just ask that you call in 240-719-2560. Thank you.
Welcome back. Um, we had a call while we were on break, and yes. the call was uh, someone called, and they were talking about a uh, family member that um, developed schizophrenia, and their question was, uh, they recognized it happening, but nobody else could seem to understand what was going on. And they, they recognized what happened. So our question is tonight to Ms. Moore is, how do you know when somebody is developing uh, experiencing schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, what are they doing that's different from the no what we consider normal, if that's right. such a thing? And that's, and that's what you have to know, is you have to know what their norm is. Okay. Mm. So if they're a family member, you're going you're gonna to probably start seeing some change. Okay. So, so what is this change? And explore that change. If a person is the, has or is experiencing psychosis, schizophrenia is the diagnosis, but what okay. they're experiencing is psychosis. And that's when they're hearing voices or they're seeing things that, again, nobody else sees, or they can be delusional. And, and that could be them make, well, to them, they're not making up a story because the, okay. their delusion is their truth. That's true. Okay. So they may say, well, you know, I was married for 20 years and I have five kids. Mm -hmm. And you know, this person is, has had a, a developmental di disability all of her life. Then okay. how did she become, no, you ain't never had no husband and never had okay. no kids. Where's that coming from? So we have to ex we have to ex know what the normal is, know that she doesn't have a husband, know she ain't got no five kids, okay. and and she'll be passionate about that because mm. her delusion is her truth. That's her mm. reality, and so then we have to make we need to get them the help, the necessary help. Okay, because I know the caller was saying that it seemed like he was the only one in the family that could really recognize what was going on with it, and that's that's strange when you know you have four or five family members and only one person can recognize there's a difference going on with a family member. Yeah. And, and why do you think that is? Well, we got this this hustle and bustle life that we have, okay. especially in this area. We spend two hours commuting, we spend eight hours at work. And we're not home but a couple of hours before we're going upstairs or going to uh, cook, eat, and go to bed. That's so if, if there's no one paying attention, then children, can, though they may eventually um, get these diagnoses as adults, but they'll fall through the cracks okay. because nobody's really paying attention because we too, the adults are too focused on working. Mm -hmm. And so we have to learn that we need to live life and not let life live us. So, so let me ask you this, I, and I was just something I was thinking during the break. Do you think that um, single family homes where the father was absent causes depression in a child? Mm. Um, it can. There's so many um, components that can come together in a child's life to cause any type of mental illness. Okay. I know there's a lot of talk about single family homes and my, pr primarily ran by women. Okay. And so you, if you think about it, you got a one-parent household and that parent has to work and then you got three or four kids, there's going to be some things that are not going to be succinct enough to see and take care of that child in a good way. The father, I mean, because you have two-parent households where the father is there, but he's still absent. Okay. So okay. then, So then what? You know, okay. so it's really about paying attention to the child, paying attention to what's going on, their grades, their their behavior, their okay. demeanor. When you see a shift, when that parent, whether they're single or it's a two parent household, when you see a shift in your child, when they start, they already getting straight A's and they go to C's and D's. It's not about them grades. It's about what else is going on with this child. 
Okay. And, you know, we need to start paying closer attention. So how does um, drugs play in the part of, of depression and anxiety and okay. all the things that we're talking about? How does drugs come into play? The use of drugs? The use of drugs, The dr yeah. Okay. Well, the thing about it is, is of course, we, we got the opioid epidemic. Okay. Um, and then, but we know that drug use and abuse has been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so what we have to start looking at is what came first, the chicken or the egg. Okay. So right now this person is addicted, but what happened in their life? Yes. Okay. What may have occurred to call what trauma? Because now we're getting we're getting ed more educated on trauma focused therapies and things okay. of that nature because what we're learning is that a trauma could have happened when that child was three and four years old. Mm -hmm. Now that child is fifty-seven, okay, and not understanding what's going on in their life. But Why now, this? now is that that's not to say that everybody that was involved in um, drug use went through a trauma. trauma, right? Right. I mean, we. we no, nope, I'm people... not saying that. I'm, that's not a blanket statement. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, what happens though? It what can happen is the person can be on drugs today and been, may have been on drugs for a very long time. Okay. But even if nothing helping happened to get them on drugs during the time they've been on drugs, something has probably happened. Okay. Yes. I can accept that. So you see what I'm saying? Okay. So something may have occurred. So what we have to do is I mean, peel back the layers of the onion yes. to help that person from that core okay. as opposed to just focusing on the addiction. The addiction is important, and we got to help them stay okay. sober and do put things in place. But we also need to look at the mental health piece. Okay. Because most people that are addicted to any substance, they're probably duly diagnosed, or mm -hmm. as we call it now, co-occurring, okay. where they have a mental health disorder as well as a substance okay. um, disorder. Okay. So it goes hand in hand. And what do you do by the time they become an adult? and you see signs, and you talk to them about what you're concerned about, and they don't want help. And, and that, and that is, uh, that's the challenge. Because again, the stigma. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, I've gone 60 years, and I ain't never had a mental health disorder. I'm just having work stress, mm -hmm. okay? Well, you having work stress, and you come to see me, I'm a therapist, mm -hmm. so, Insurance is going to force me to give you a diagnosis so that I can get paid. Mm. So it's not that we're out there wanting to hand off and give out, throw out labels, mm. but the way the system is set up, we have to give a diagnosis to get paid by insurance. So now is, is, that, is that saying that you're misdiagnosing no, people? No, it's not okay. saying we're misdiagnosing, okay. but people don't want labels. Okay. So once that, because think about it. Once they, you get a diagnosis, it's on an insurance claim, it's going exactly. to the insurance company, exactly. your, your insurance is through your job, so that fear mm -hmm. that somebody's going to find out that I have a mental health That's disorder, I, 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 don't, I don't want that. So they, rather than sometimes, rather than use their insurance, they'll pay out of pocket because okay. wow. they don't want no record. They don't I got want you. A record. I got you know, you. And wow. it all goes back to the stigma. My thing is this, I don't care if you pay cash or pay, get the help that you need. Exactly. That's what the key exactly. is, exactly. is getting the help that you need. You know, it's, it's, it's ironic good. that you say that I know on my job I went from 
one position to you know another position. As you know, I worked in the uh, uh, registration at the hospital, and then I went mm -hmm. to the behavioral health unit. And now that I'm working in a position as a peer recovery coach, I'm an OSAP peer recovery coach, so I deal with people who come in with an opioid and, and suicide. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do, people that may have committed, almost died mm -hmm. from opioids, mm -hmm. right? And I, I help them with that, some purposely and some not purposely, because now people are smoking marijuana and they get halfway through the joint and, they, and they're passing out, mm -hmm. and they don't know what's going on, and they come to find out that heroin is inside the marijuana, mm -hmm. or, or fentanyl is inside the marijuana, or car fentanyl is inside the marijuana. And all they say, you know, you know, Narcan brings them back, so we know it was an opioid mm -hmm. because the only thing Narcan can work on is an opioid. So mm -hmm. we know when the when the Narcan brings them back, we know that somehow they had an opioid. But they're telling us all I did was smoke a joint. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what's going on now is when I took that, when I switched positions and took that position, some people started acting a little different towards me mm -hmm. because they knew I had a history of uh, of substance abuse. So they, you know, you could tell. You could mm -hmm. tell the respect level went down a little bit, and people started giving you certain attitudes, and you got to deal with that every day. So mm -hmm. can you imagine that in your own family? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you finally come to Mars and say, you know, I I've been using, or you know, something's not right. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing things on the wall, and they start treating you different. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and I think uh, most people are afraid of being treated different. Mm -hmm. Right. That's good. Because they don't even know that they're different, really. Mm -hmm. When you talk about, I, I, I see, uh, uh, we had somebody said they see a certain thing. They saw a black box or something like that. And that was their reality. Mm -hmm. They saw a black box, right? Mm -hmm. And we're saying, well, we don't see no black box. You know, and so we kind of treat them like, okay, they're a little slow here. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is, this is why nobody's talking. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is nobody why nobody why he's talking. This is why people are sleeping with the covers over their head. Yes. This is why people are drinking. This is why people are drugging. This is why people are sexing. This is why people are doing everything because yes. they're dealing with something that they're afraid to talk about. Yes. Right. And that's and the stigma of mental illness uh -huh. being as as loud as it is out there today mm -hmm. is causing people to be fearful of talking about it. Right. Because they don't want those labels. They don't want to be seen as crazy. Right. And so it's like, if that's what I'm going to get. And then, and, and then the other piece that we have also is government employees that have security clearances. Right. They're struggling too. Right. But they got a security clearance, so they can't say that exactly. they they depressed, anxious, or bipolar because they lose their security clearance, they lose their job. So, so in saying that, how do you help somebody that know if I, if I, if I talk to my job, so I go to EAP and I let them know that I, I, I'm smoking marijuana. Mm -hmm. Or I, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. I'm drinking, but they have a security clearance. Mm -hmm. how, what do you say to them? How do you, how do you, what do you do in that case? Well, HIPAA, HIPAA, the HIPAA laws is pr mm. protects people. There's even additional protections okay. under when you're a substance abuser. Okay. That you know reporting laws. You don't have to tell. You know, if you get help on your own, mm -hmm. you don't have to tell your employer you got a problem. Okay. You know, you can even go to EAP. EAP can't say anything. They're not so supposed to. They're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of what is happening is P EAP is being contracted out of these agencies. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so now you got a third party that's doing it. So that's less a possibility of it getting back to your job. Okay. Um, so, you know, and I do see people through EAP programs around here in, in uh, DMV. And, that, and they, their jobs don't even ask me mm -hmm. for updates or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just they just want their people to get the help that they need. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if they have security clearance. Not my, not my concern. But when they're coming to see me through EAP, I deal with them with what they're coming for. Okay. And their jobs are not, and I can say that, their jobs are not asking me okay. what is going on. Okay. I have a question. How important is it for family members to recognize not only the need uh, for help, but also how to help as a family? How, how important is it for family to support you in that uh, situation? Well, it's about education. Um, there's a program out there, it's called Mental, Mental Health First Aid. And so I would encourage anyone, if you could Google mental health first aid, you can find a facilitator and, and get the knowledge. Bring it into mm -hmm. your churches, bring it into your schools, bring it into your workplace. Okay. So because what, through those trainings, and then um, Red Cross has one called psychological first aid. Okay. So it's about education. So I say go to a therapist, but you need to know what to look for. Yes. Okay. And these programs, Mental Health First Aid and Psychological First Aid through the Red Cross, that's what they teach lay people okay. what to look for. Okay. And then that's what to, to do and where to go for help. That's good to know. Because, you know, I find out even being in church, and I, you know, I've served in church for quite uh, some time, and I find out even in our churches, we're afraid to say yes. that we're going through something for a stigma. Mm -hmm. And that's supposed to be the safest place that you can, can be is in your house of worship. But we, we, we're unable to do that in the house of worship as well. So tonight, I hope that we have brought some kind of enlightenment to you about mental health and some of the things that you should look for and some of the ways that you should deal with it. And what we're going to do is we're going to... I have a question for you uh, before I go. What... um. What happened in your life that made you feel like this is what you want to do? I, <laughs> I, I tell people I'm old school mental health. Okay. I came into working in community mental health in Georgia when I was in my early 20s. Okay. That was my first experience in terms of working in mental health. Mm -hmm. But I had an aunt that I grew up with that was in a state hospital. <laughs> and in the early 70s, they decentralized state hospitals. So she had to come home. Okay. And, and, and most of those people that didn't have homes anymore, that was the beginning of our homeless population, okay. was that when they dumped out, you know, closed okay. those state hospitals. And so, you know, seeing her and having, trying to understand what was, what, what I was seeing, because mm -hmm. um, she was schizophrenic, and, but I didn't know at that time until mm -hmm. I began to work in the mental health system. Okay. And, you know, starting at the age that I did, looking at my aunt, Look, you know, and learning about mental illness, it became a passion for me. And I worked in the state of Georgia um, for 10 years okay. in, in mental health, in community mental health. Wow. Okay. That, 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 because, you know, it's always a reason behind why somebody's doing something. Yes. And listening to you tonight, I, I'm so impressed by, I've, I've, I've worked with you and I know that you're passionate about it. But listening to you tonight really lets me know that there is help. There is. You know, there is help. You know, we have godly help, but we, 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 you know, we have spiritual help, but we also have professional help. Yes. And you should not be ashamed to get professional help. Yes, yes. you can still pray and you can still oil, put oil on yourself and you can still talk to your pastor. You can do all those things that you've been doing, but you may just need a little bit of professional help. There's yes. nothing wrong with getting some professional help. I have gotten it myself. I have I suffer from depression myself. So let me let you know. I'm not just here uh, just talking. I, I suffer from depression myself. And, and, and I believe it comes from childhood trauma. And then, I, you know, some of the things that I did made it even a little worse. But I've learned now that I can still, uh, uh, I can rely on God because God is, is my source. But I still need some education. Yes. I still need to talk to somebody from time to time so I can get some clarity on what I'm dealing with. 
God will help me uh, uh, or give me peace. So I have the peace that I'm able to go and talk to somebody like Miss Moore. And this is what we want, want you to do. We want you, to, we, you know, we want you to be a godly person, a God-fearing person, but we still want you to get the help that you need to help you get to the next level. So you can help somebody that comes up to you yeah. and says, well, this is what I'm dealing with. How do I go home and tell somebody this is what I'm dealing with? Or I feel inadequate. Or I, I feel, you know, I just don't feel good. You know, I, I want to go in the house. That's when good. I go home, you know, you're at church, you're having a good time, you're giving God praise, but you go going home and you're drawing your curtains. I was one of those. I would go home and my wife would tell you, I would go home and I'd be like, please baby, close the curtains. I just didn't want no light to come inside. There was times I would look in the mirror and I wouldn't like what I saw. And so I knew it was depression and I had to fight through that. I still yes. fight through it on a daily basis, but God, God still keeps me. So that that's, that's why I'm here tonight. I'm so passionate about it tonight because a lot of people just don't know where to go. Yes. And I'm telling you, God works, education works, medication works. Yes. All of those things work together. But you gotta start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. And you can't worry about what people are gonna say about you, how they're gonna feel about you. Because as my pastor says it in a funny way, they're gonna talk about you regardless of what you're doing. Whether you're doing good, whether you're doing bad, whether you're trying to do whatever, people are still gonna have an opinion about you. But at least if you know people have an opinion because you're trying to do something to help yourself. Yes. So, and I say this to you tonight, I, I'm sitting here and I, I, I'm thankful, you know, I, I have that substance abuse and I've, I've had 14 years clean and sober and I'm grateful to God about that, but I had to get some therapy. I had to take some medicine. I was on seasonal medicine at one time for depression. So I had to take some medicine. The reason they, they put me on seasonal medication is because in the wintertime, in the wintertime, you're not as active as in the summertime. So they would give it to me in the wintertime, then they would wean me off in the summertime because you were more active. You got you are more vitamin D. You're out in the sun. So, but for the wintertime, you kind of in the house all the time, and you you know. So therefore, the depression can kick in there. But I don't take any medicine today. All right. To God be the glory. I don't take any medicine today, yeah. but I don't talk against medicine. Yes. Yes. I believe that it works. I believe all three things work together for the good of mm -hmm. those who love the Lord. We're going to go into break, and we're going to come back and have Ms. Moore speaking to our audience and, and just give some advice to some people, and then we'll see you when we come back. So what I want you to do... <sighs>
time of year again, filled with family, gifts, and lots of holiday cheer. Well, this season, give the gift of love. Donate a gently used or new coat to a family in need. It's the Vox Wave second annual coat drive. That's right. There's still time to get off of Santa's naughty list after November 1st. Come on down to Vox Wave at 4711 Off Place, Suitland, Maryland. Drop off that old coat and help us at Vox Wave keep the less fortunate warm this winter. Donate at 4711 Off Place, Suitland, Maryland. It's the Vox Wave second annual coat drive. discussing in this segment bipolar disorder yes. in the african-american community you may hear uh the saying oh stop being bipolar stop no. acting bipolar it's it's become a slang word but i think saying those uh making that statement you're not understanding what's behind the statement mm -hmm. winnie can you talk to us about bipolar disorder okay yes um it's kind of interesting that now that has come into mainstream um, uh, to saying someone is bipolar, acting bipolar. Bipolar is a very serious illness. Back in the day, back when I first came into mental health, we called it manic depressive. Mm -hmm. okay. But now they've changed the name in recent uh, renditions of the DSM to bipolar, but it still means the same. It's a manic episode tied with a depressive episode. Okay. Um, so in order to be diagnosed with bipolar, you had to have presented with at least one manic episode. And mania can present itself as uh, shopping, you know, a person that might have 10,000 pairs of shoes. That's because that it's like when they're in that manic phase, they shopping is what they, they do. That's their thing. Um, a manic person can, you know, okay. build a house, paint a bridge, you know, whatever. They're their most creative okay. when they're in that manic phase. But then what it's paired with is a drop in the depression, the severe depression. Okay. So you have height of mania, creativity, okay. and severe depression where they they not only closing the blinds, but they close they closing the door. They ain't even coming out of bed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the pairing, manic, depressive, okay. bipolar. Okay, so what are some of the things that people do uh, when they're manic? I heard you say shopping, but give us some, some other stuff. Shopping, I know they come grandiose when they're, when they're manic. They're grandiose because okay. they're, the, they're the smartest, they're the most creative. Okay. Wow. They, um, they don't have, they don't sleep for like three or four days, okay. but it's not that they don't sleep. So people will say, well, that's insomnia. Insomnia. No, it's not. They don't have a need for sleep. Okay. Okay. There's a difference where an insomniac can't sleep. They're mm -hmm. trying to go to sleep, okay. but a person that's manic have no need for sleep. Okay. So they're up three or four days straight mm. um, because they're in that manic phase. Um, hypersexuality. Okay. They're very, they can be very promiscuous. Okay. Um, so it's just those types of things that can manifest itself in, uh, for mania. So now the other side is what? You have the, the manic, the And then the you depression. got the depression. And that's that dreaded depression. Okay. Where it's, you know, like instead of a lack of energy, it's no energy. Okay. Um, no, not getting out of bed. And, and at times they could even think about suicide. Okay. Because they've been on this high. 
okay. for so you know for so long with the mania, okay. this depression don't feel good. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the medications do is try to help and balance those mood swings. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I know being, you know, being uh, someone on substance abuse and using cocaine, and there was days I would be up, you know, three, four days sometimes. And then when I finally crashed and came down, I, the suicide thought came in, mm -hmm. and, and you feel like, you, you know, you just don't want to live without that, that, that feeling. So mm -hmm. I kind of understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So is that a lot of the causes of people from suicide, you think? Some of um, usually what um, what the research says is that the person won't they won't kill themselves when they're down 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 okay. it's when they're starting to come back up mm. when they're starting to feel better because then they getting they feeling like it's okay to do it now because they yeah. have the energy to do it so you know and I apologize to anybody out there listening that if this conversation about bipolar and suicide is triggering anything and I would encourage you if you if you need to talk to someone there's a National Suicide Hotline. Mm -hmm. That number is 1-800-273-8255. But I will apologize. Can you repeat apologize. that number one more time? 1-800-273-8255. And that's the National Suicide Hotline, 24-7. You can call and talk to a counselor. So what I'd like for you to do now is, uh, I heard everything that you said, and I heard your compassion, but if you can look into the camera and, and talk to somebody that may be dealing with um, all the things that we've discussed tonight. We've mm -hmm. talked about depression. We've talked about suicide. We've talked about bipolar. We've talked about anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and somebody that may be dealing, they just don't know, are they afraid? They don't know what to do. I know we've said a lot of things, mm -hmm. but if you could just paint a blueprint for them of safety, yes. that they can come out and talk about it, I'd appreciate that. Okay. I would encourage anyone out there listening that if you feel... If you have, and it's really about feelings, if you feel like you're all alone, you don't have anyone that, not to talk to, but anyone that's listening. Mm -hmm. um, if you feel that you need something and you just don't quite know what it is, call a counselor. Call, look on the back of your insurance card and call the 1-800 number. There's mental health. Medicaid pays for it. All the insurances pay for it. Even Medicare pays for it. And I just recently gave the telephone number for the National Suicide Hotline. So if you all, if anybody out there, if you're feeling anxious, you're feeling scared, anxiety manifests itself as fear. And it mm -hmm. panic attacks are extreme fear. And then you're wondering, why is this happening? What's going on? Our thoughts drive a lot of our behavior. So talk to someone about what's going on in your head. What, what are you thinking about? What, even if it doesn't seem like it's something that anyone wants to hear, find that somebody you can trust. Find that someone that you feel connected to enough that can get you the help that you need. Yes. So Ms. Wayne, we are so glad to have you here. Um, my wife and I, we, we know you, but you know this is really good that we have this conversation on tonight. I believe that somebody was helped. I believe somebody was helped. Um, so, go ahead, Pastor. Talk. And I wanted to elaborate um, too, just like when he said, know that you do not have to be alone in this situation. You are not alone. There are people who are here for you. You can call in now, 240, before it's over, before this broadcast is over, 240-719-2560. You do not have to go through this alone. Be open to invest in yourself in a whole new way. Be open 
to become a better you. Be open to invest in getting the help that you need. You are worth it. Yes. Yeah, you are worth it. You know, we're all sitting here. We are. We all have survived from something. Yes. Uh, we may not all tell our story tonight, but we all have experienced some type of one of those things that we're talking about, whether it be depression or anxiety. One of the things we've all have felt a certain way about ourselves. But I do want to say tonight, as we say in the church, you know, we, we're talking about fear. And you heard Miss Winnie talk about fear. But as we say in the church, it's, it's false education accepted as reality. Let yeah. me tell you what the real reality is. The real reality is that God is a healer. God is a deliverer. And he will heal you and deliver you. But please give yourself a chance. Yes. Give yourself a chance. I'm here to say tonight that God has delivered me from some things that, you know, I, I can't even talk about. I'm, I, I'm afraid to talk about. But the truth of the matter is I know that he can do it because he did it for me. I'm sure he did it for my wife. I'm sure he's done it for Miss Moore. So we, we want you to know that there is hope. Yes. This is not a hopeless situation. Yes. This is not a situation where, oh, I'm doomed for life. Yes. No, there is hope because God is a deliverer. I'm, I'm here to tell you, I just, I, I just keep hearing that because I just believe that you need to know that God is with you. Yes. He's for you. Yes. And when God is with you, there's nobody else can be against you. Yes. There's no any kind of demonic forces that can be against you when God is with you. But you got to step out on faith. Yes. You got to step out on faith. You got to let somebody know what it is that you're dealing with. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is important. Yes, it is. This is important. So we are so we're so glad tonight that we're able to talk about it. And once again, if you want to call in, we have a few more minutes. Uh, 240-719-2560. And if you want to call in, we can talk off the air if you didn't want to talk on the air. But we are here for you. And this is not the last time we'll be having this conversation. We'll have other people come in. I'll have some doctors coming in that will talk about medication a little bit more. We're going to have some preachers come in that's going to give you a spiritual aspect of it. And we're just going to have some reality. You know, people talk real. There's some real talk that has to happen so we'll know what to do for ourselves. Yes. I'm so grateful tonight. I'm so grateful yeah. for Ms. Moore being here tonight. Yeah. Ms. Moore, do you have anything else you'd like to say before we close this no, segment? No, I'm good. You've done you. an excellent thank job. You. We, we thank, thank you. you You've done an excellent us. job. I um, appreciate you. You're on time tonight. That's one good thing. And you didn't rush us. You stayed with us. So I really appreciate that. I appreciate our engineer on tonight. He's, he's done a great job. Um, he, he, he has a beautiful spirit and made it easy for us tonight. So next week, we're going to be talking about businesses. Next Sunday, we're going to be talking about people with businesses and how to start a business. If you have a dream, how to, how do I start your dream? Yes. I'm sitting here tonight doing something that I always wanted to do, but it just wasn't the right time. And I'm not here for stardom. I'm not here for fame. I'm just here because I'm somebody who have experienced some things in life and would like to give back just a little bit. And if I can just help somebody. If I can, thank you. If I can just help somebody not go through some of the things that I went through, then I've done all I've been asked to do. Mm -hmm. So we thank you tonight. We thank you for listening. We thank you for listening. See us next week. We're going to be talking about business owners. And on the fourth Sunday, the fourth Sunday is going to really be exciting. We're going to have millennials on. Yes. We have two people that's going to come on here. So thank you. And we'll see you next Sunday. God bless. Have a good night.
gifts can take all the fun out of the holidays. So this season, spend more time shopping and less time wrapping. Let us at GrowPeace handle all of your gift wrapping needs. GrowPeace is reliable, dependable, and has an eye for details. Big or small, valuable or inexpensive, GrowPeace wraps it right for little cost. It's easy. Between the dates of November 1st and December 23rd, email Robin at shipmentrc at gmail.com and she'll let you know the closest, secure location you can drop off your gifts. That's S-H-I-P-M-A-N-R-C at gmail.com. And don't forget to ask about our handmade holiday cards to add that special personal touch in every gift. With gift wrapping by Grow Peace, you can take back your time this holiday season and spend it with family, friends, or just do more shopping. Grow Peace, gift wrapping with love each holiday season. Happy Holidays! time of year again filled with family gifts and lots of holiday cheer well this season give the gift of love donate a gently used or new coat to a family in need it's the vox wave second annual coat drive that's right there's still time to get off of santa's naughty list after november 1st come on down to vox wave at 4711 off place suitland maryland Drop off that old coat and help us at Vox Wave keep the less fortunate warm this winter. Donate at 4711 Off Place, Suitland, Maryland. It's the Vox Wave second annual coat drive. gifts can take all the fun out of the holidays. So this season, spend more time shopping and less time wrapping. Let us at GrowPeace handle all of your gift wrapping needs. GrowPeace is reliable, dependable, and has an eye for details. Big or small, valuable or inexpensive, GrowPeace wraps it right for little cost. It's easy. Between the dates of November 1st and December 23rd, email Robin at shipmentrc at gmail.com and she'll let you know the closest, secure location you can drop off your gifts. That's S-H-I-P-M-A-N-R-C at gmail.com. Shipmentrc at gmail.com. Shipmentrc at gmail.com. Shipmentrc at gmail.com. Shipmentrc at gmail.com. Sh
H-A-N-N-A-N-R-C at gmail.com. And don't forget to ask about our handmade holiday cards to add that special personal touch in every gift. With gift wrapping by Grow Peace, you can take back your time this holiday season and spend it with family, friends, or just do more shopping. Grow Peace, gift wrapping with love each holiday season. Happy holidays. Mm-hmm. 